while we're dobbing in both the mans here, Deegs, you played drums, didn't you, as well? No. <laughs> in year, in year seven. Don't don't buddy shy away from this. You definitely didn't last, do it last week. Because last, hope, last no, week you thought the trumpet was in percussion. So <laughs> I wish he didn't learn too much. Thanks, Dave, you, Dave, I swear Dave, you were If you're gonna come on the nodcast, mate, I want you to get your facts straight. It's a grand Welcome one, welcome all, and we're back for week four, round fours in the books. Welcome to the Nodcast, uh, boys. Good to be with you as always. I'm your host, Steve Mann, joined by my co-host, Rob Mann. Rob, good to see the bandage off the ear. Looking good, mate. Thanks, Steve. Yeah, good to be back. Awesome. Excited about uh, another week on the Nodcast. And uh, and Deegs, Good to see you, Sammy Deegan, just sporting the Sydney jersey with the Sydney poster in the background, clearly up and about after the weekend's result, mate. Flag swans, mate. And I've, uh, I've purchased a couple of framed swans memorabilia today as well. So uh, the lead is off. We're back. Jeez, I tell you, umpires make one bad decision and suddenly you've uh, you've booked your tickets to grand final. Let's hope so. As always, we've, we've got a very special guest with us on the program this evening. This person was, there's no real way to describe it other than just here by popular demand. We probably received <laughs> two to 300 WhatsApp messages, Facebook messages. He TikToks. personally, yeah, some TikToks coming through, apparently, whatever that is. Um, he, he, he personally bailed me up in the car park and blocked my car in until we agreed to have him on the podcast as a guest. I talk, of course, about the famous uh, women's goal kicking coach, Jake Charman. Jake, welcome. Yeah, thanks, Steve. I uh, appreciate that introduction, but uh, I think you might have forgot my uh, VAFA team of the year in, I think, 2017 as well, but we'll just let that slide. That's all good. The three pages of notes you sent me for your intro, to be honest, I didn't even open the, uh, didn't even open the file on the email, but thanks for the preparation. No, it's all good. I appreciate it. And you're looking good, Jakey. Um, for those that haven't seen you recently, you've You've adjusted the hair. We've talked about this on one of our earlier podcasts. You went from the, the hippie look to the TikTok influencer look. Talk us through it. Yeah, well, you know, I'm getting closer to my professional career starting next year as a secondary teacher. So I thought, I'd, you know, follow you, Robin, go a bit more clean cut. Yeah, you're doing well, mate. Looking sharp, looking real sharp. Yeah, cheers. There's a, there's, a, uh, there's a real bowl cut look to it on screen just um have you are you doing it yourself or you're paying a professional for that yeah during um during covid lockdown i I definitely was sort of getting my brother to give me a hand but i've I've gone back to the barber uh recently and sort of looking a bit more tidy but um yeah gonna be inspiration from sort of you know a bit of few djs out there maybe even though i've no musical talent but we'll just roll with it Oh, it's, if that's in fashion, do you want to give a plug to your barber? Where where are they? Um, where do you go? Oh, down down narrow Southway. You know, sort of. I think some of the boys call it the farm, but it's really it's really sort of, you know, practically the city now. You know, for only forty <laughs> minutes from Melbourne. Um, but yeah, down at Casey uh, Casey Central. Uh, don't even know the name really. So I can't Just even cuts really or is it a, one of the chain places, or is it one of those sort of old setups with the flashing 
round blue and red and white sort of spiral thing out the front. A guy actually, I just remember the name. Blue coat. Yeah, it's a, it's the it's actually just more directed at the at the blokes. It's especially uh, for for the men. So it's called Grindstone. Ooh, fancy. Well, if you're out there, owners of Grindstone, <laughs> we're uh, we're always looking for sponsors on the podcast. And, uh, and, and Jake's just doing you proud. Um, so we've got a couple of things we need to chat to you about before we sort of dive too far into this week's episode. The first one I just want to pick up on, you obviously have been doing a fantastic job in your role as the saviour slash goal-kicking coach down at the girls' program with a ripping start to the season. But round one, first quarter, one goal 10 at quarter time. Did you write your resignation letter at the quarter time huddle and just go mate, just clear I'm not cut out for this coaching gig yeah the the beads of sweat were forming on the forehead um but I was actually that was that was um yeah round one out at Brunswick I think and I was actually umpiring that game so I was sort of like I couldn't even really yell out to the girls you know like a bit of you know just some tips and stuff because I was would have been <laughs> looking a bit biased and a bit dodgy so um but yeah, like one goal ten, I can only blame that to the preseason um, scenario and setup we had. You know, we didn't actually have any goalposts. I don't think down at Southern, unfortunately. Oh yeah, it doesn't. Help. You, you you look like a sort of coach that would go more the visualization rather than the practical, real having to kick a goal, Jakey. I thought you'd be more into that sort of preparation. Yeah, definitely. You know, got to visualize it. Um, get your energy stones out or whatever Fisher says. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but um, oh, well, I played backline, so I actually have no idea. <laughs> How did you get a point to goal kicking coach? I think um, it was just the only role left, and Paul just chucked it my way. I think he felt a bit bad for me, so he's like, "Yeah, you can just do the forward line." Maybe they can't understand you too well, Jake, because you're known for your mumbling. You started well tonight, uh, but <laughs> you you are known to mumble and and just use the same sort of tone while you're talking um, the whole way through. So maybe they're just not understanding what you're actually, what, what you're teaching them. Or maybe it's because Deegs, senior Deegs, thought goal kicking's pretty easy after he kicked a couple of snags himself in the practice game. And he thought, oh, Jake can, I'll throw Jake a bone here. Anyone can do this. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what his, uh, what his motives were exactly. But, you know, we, the girls have improved over the past few weeks. So I'll just copy any... Um, encouragement towards uh what i've been doing so yeah see what see what happens the rest of the year something that we've noticed and we've sort of uncovered in the nodcast so far this year is coaching's a lot more than the x's and o's and the magnets on the board it's that mind games that coaches like to play and i know george anderson's a great proponent of it so it seems that jake that's something that you'll add to your arsenal as you develop as a coach yeah uh definitely love the mind games um i, I needed to take a few tips off Paul this week. He really was getting stuck into the mind games, um, sort of was bringing up the analogies of um, hunting in packs and where the hyenas and we got to, you know, hunt down the lion and stuff. So, you know, I was all for it. Showed us a few inspirational videos before the game. It was really getting me sort of. Was, it, was he showing you Lion King inspirational videos? Or yeah, what? I love that. I love that Deegs watches the Lion King and he takes the side <laughs> of the hyenas rather than Simba. Just, let's take him down to the elephant graveyard girls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Like he was saying that Brunswick were, was Mufasa. Oh no, what's the what's the bad scar? He's the hero of the story. <laughs> yeah, I've got that. It's been a while. 
<laughs> so you do need a few more tips from Paul, Jake, because some info that I've been given about maybe your first time you took over or tried to coach your, your first game, you pulled out a script, uh, pre-written script in front of the Notes. girls and read it word for word in front of the girls. Is that is that can you provide any uh, info on that? Yeah, look, I'm not going to lie. I was I was pretty <laughs> nervous that day, so I was heavily, heavily relying on the notes. You know, I'm, I'm a bit of a, you know, just sort of write it down when I see it, then we'll read it out at quarter time and stuff. So I know I know Paul, he, he's probably got the experience on me. Well, definitely does. So, you know, he, he can just sort of remember it um, and then just go from there and <laughs> at halftime and stuff. But yeah, I, I really need, need my notes or else I'll just probably crumble. Sometimes you've got to... You got to make a bit of eye contact with. Yeah, with eye contact. That's old. Yeah, maybe yeah. eye contact's old school though. I remember back in the day, if you weren't making eye contact with the coach and you got called out for it, you'd be running laps. Maybe, it's, maybe you don't need to do that anymore. Maybe it's a bit different. Yeah, talking about that eye contact thing, actually, Paul Paul's really big on that still with the girls now. And when he was delivering his little inspirational speech on Sunday, Arvo. Um, one of the newer players to the, or not newer players, but he's he's come back to the club. I think only this week, uh, Lockie was walking across in the background with the with the baby in the pram, and all the girls just totally got <laughs> disinterested in Paul and were like looking at Lockie like maybe he's a bit of a future deal for something. Lockie, who are we talking about? Lockie, Lockie McInerney, sorry. Lockie McInerney's got a kid. No, no. <laughs> no, it was his brother's kid. Oh, just, right, right. just borrowed the child for the day. Clearly, it was working. I was say, we could have some. We could be having another big breaking news on the note. <laughs> I, I really do like the concept of the notes, actually, because I I know personally I've once got back to the huddle after tossing the coin and literally has had nothing. My brain was completely blank. I forgot which way we were going. I had absolutely nothing to say. Just no words. So just, just having a little bit of a script to rely on as a bit of a backup plan isn't the worst thing. Well, I think the other thing too, talking about that little speech you give before, um, you know, you run out or after you've run out and you're about to go to your positions, you can give the best speech of your life, but if you forget to say which direction, it really yeah. just kills it at the end when everyone's like, but where are we going? Where, which way yeah, are we going? Yeah, agreed. You've got, agreed. To have, you've got to go with that first and then get into the, um, the, the motivational stuff because if you don't get the order right, it doesn't matter what you say. They do get you sometimes too. The umpire is trying to tell you four rules to remember and we're doing this on that side of the ground. And lots, I don't know, it's a, you, your mind's on playing a game. It's not necessarily on information, reconnaissance and passing it back to the team. So I'm sure there's been some absolute shockers over the years where people have like told the team the wrong direction or whatever it might be. Yeah, well, one of the most memorable ones I've uh, been a part of, I think it was actually in school footy, Oh, about 10 years ago now and I think it was Founders Day or Founders Day Week and this is someone... not a Tom McKenna one is it? No definitely not because this one was actually good <laughs> <laughs> hopefully he's not listening <laughs> um, yeah it was they brought up you know St. Eugene and it was just really inspiring just got all the boys up and about Sam I, I don't know if you can remember that one can you remember? Uh, I don't know Who who said it again? Well, they they referred to Eugene de Masnod as Uncle Eugene or something, and who, yeah, but who was who was given the speech? Look, I can't remember exactly. So, great story. Anyway, uh, maybe we'll move on. <laughs> yeah, that was a bit of a Tom McKenna one. Sorry. <laughs> the, uh, the, 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 the 
the Founders Day ones are good, I reckon. There's always just a little bit more energy and feeling. And you have a little bit of a crowd too, which if you play in the threes, you basically go from a crowd of zero to a crowd of eight, which is basically like playing on the G. So it's, uh, it's, it's yeah, got that little bit more energy about it. We are we're a few minutes in. Hopefully, Jake, you're um, you're warming up to the podcast. Um, but from what I hear, it's not a completely new medium to you. Diggs has uh, been doing a bit of background work before we got you on as a guest, and he, he sort of stumbled across a couple of interesting. He sent through the Diggs. sample tape. <laughs> the old mixtape, the, the demo. We we heard it. We see what we're getting ourselves into. Yeah, there hasn't been an episode of of Jake's podcast for a while. So maybe uh, maybe he's he's given up on it. What what are you what are you talking about? Social events, political sort of leanings. What, what what's your content about? Yeah, well, it's probably you know as important as some of the political things going on at the moment. But yeah, the the old one eyed magpies podcast been <laughs> started off the year pretty strong with uh, another Masnoy player, Nicholas Peck, but um, you know, oh. it sort of de- declined. <laughs> It hasn't declined. It's just it's fully stopped. You did two episodes, and then you haven't picked back up in eight weeks. So I don't know what you mean by decline. Oh, Were well, you threatened sort of... by the Nodcast a little bit, or was it more Collingwood's poor performance on the field that brought the fledgling podcast to its very abrupt stop? I'm just going to say the excuse of yeah, the podcast declined with. Collingwood's decline in the season but you know I, I was sort of getting a little bit concerned with the rise of the Nodcast as well and I didn't really want to you know come off second to him I'd just rather just stop and just walk away and just blame something else if you can't beat him join him and uh, that's pretty much what you've done today just jump ship and, and get on board the, the steam train I hear Joe Rogan's a little bit nervous about our rise as well so you're not the only one you're in good company he was really really like you said earlier really keen to get on I know we had another person in mind uh, this week as, as a guest. And when that person said they couldn't do it, Jake volunteered straight away. Get me well, off. I, 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 funny enough, I heard Jake knew that that person couldn't do it before that person had even declined. And the reason they declined was someone had cut their telephone wires at their house. And the, <laughs> the Wi-Fi was down. So I don't know if, if Jake had any do that. I, I see some bolt cutters sitting in the room behind you there, but um yeah, no, if, if, if you want to be on that much, you're more than welcome. Maybe maybe the 300 people emailing in and uh, just all <laughs> sort of burner accounts for Jake. Oh, I don't know if you know anyone called Jake Jarman, but four or five <laughs> came from them. I'm sure he's got a few bots working for him, just, how he, just to see how his TikTok followers have increased over the last couple of months as well. Must be, there must be something going on there. I don't want to, you know, release all my secrets, but, you know, maybe I can help you guys out this week when we're actually, you know, posting it tomorrow. Well, that was interesting. Before we jumped on the, before we started recording, Jake said, well, this could, this will be our, our biggest listened to podcast so far of the season. So he's backed himself that he's going to bring his Collingwood One Eye Army audience along with him. We'll be interested to see the data as it get, comes to us next week. Yeah, well, I, I think, you know, I'm not really worried about being the worst because, you know, Alex Pelosi's been on, so I think we're <laughs> safely better than that. <laughs> you guys have got a bit in common. Yeah, the lower leg injury is something you've both suffered from. We talked about it last week in the podcast that uh, someone that experienced some what, what appeared to be cramp 
um, ended up being a broken leg. And we know Alex himself experienced um, sniper bullet to the, to the back of his leg in the practice game um, to return to the field a week later to then um, succumb yet again to another injury. So can you just give us a quick synopsis, Jake, of what actually happened? Sam, Sam was telling us about it last week. Yeah, well, it was sort of a bit of a, a bit of a shattering incident, really. You know, um, first senior game for Masnod in the Resies. Um, I don't know, this is back in I think 2017 or something, maybe. Um, and coming with a bit of hype, being a player of the year and whatnot. Yeah, actually, yeah, true. It was 2018 because the player of the year was 2017. Yeah, we've got to get the dates <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, about five minutes left in the game. Urson Uni Blacks, I think. And um, close game I, was, I was it? Pardon? Was it a close game? game? Yeah, it was. I'll, I'll say it's close. I think we were maybe thirty points down, so we we're still in with a chance. But um, yeah, I was I was a shoe in for a ones call up the next week, and I was just thinking about that, and then got tackled on the wing. Uh, probably the most painful experience in my life. Um, because my pain tolerance is pretty high, so when I say it was <laughs> painful, it is painful. <laughs> yeah, and then yep, uh, got stretched off. Uh, went down the change rooms. Uh, Adrian, the trainer was feeling the calf and couldn't find any breaks or anything. And I was like, Oh, maybe I just did the calf. But then, um, went to Aiden noon's 21st at night on one leg and went, I was like, Oh, better go to the hospital the next day. Cause I woke up, I was still pretty sore and yep. Broke the leg. I haven't played since. Yeah. I haven't played since. I had a few complications like blood clots and stuff in the calf and, you know, need to, need to get uni done after being suspended for 12 months. I thought <laughs> golden oh. staff. Suspended. What? Have you heard of anyone getting suspended from uni before? Because I haven't until it happened. <laughs> suspended until it happened from uni? I thought you meant, I thought that was like a crude way of saying, um, you know, the season got suspended last year. Yeah, I got, I got injured or, yeah, yeah. Nah, well, I don't want to like bring this up on the podcast, my suspension from uni. Yeah. You know, it was yeah, shame, my par- shame my parents uh, enough. My parents are too Potential employers <laughs> may be listening. You know, we do reach into the educational realms a little bit. And I do know some people uh, listen that are pretty high up at, you know, some prestigious colleges around the, the state. So, yeah, we probably leave it there. <laughs> yeah, don't want to don't want to tarnish my name anymore. What a husband. There's a couple of really exciting bits going on at the club at the moment, and uh, one of them is most certainly the girls' program, Jake, which uh, you've got your fingerprints absolutely all over. Talk us through the uh, result from the weekend. The uh, the senior girls, maybe first up, senior girls came up against Brunswick Renegades, who have been the uh, bit of the bogey side over the years and just absolutely pants them. 6-5-41 against two behinds, just led from go to woe. Good win for the girls. We'd sort of been looking forward to this game for or since the start of the season and been a bit of chat about it. You know, we haven't actually beaten them for the past few years and um, they're, they're a pretty big physical team. So they've sort of given us a bit of a beat down. So um, we're definitely looking forward to exacting some revenge. And we thought, you know, this is the year. Um, the first three rounds of the season definitely showed that um, we'd made sort of a bit of a jump physically um, and with our intensity and stuff. So, you know, I think the girls are sort of coming now into their third and fifth seasons. And, um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of girls are stepping up and it definitely showed on the weekend, you know, um, that Brunswick Renegade side, they're still pretty physical and big, but, you know, I think the, the tide has turned a little bit um, from a few years ago when, when we were the babies and 
you know, they were the big ones. So, yeah, it was awesome. I've, I've watched a few Renegades Mazinon games in the past and something I've noticed that the Renegades have that most clubs don't anymore is a player with the sports goggles. Ooh. Was she playing on the weekend? Like the Amari Stoudemire set up. Were they, was she playing on the weekend? Um, I cannot remember, but I know who you're talking about because <laughs> it is very prominent, isn't it? You know, th- those goggles, they really bring back sort of the NBA 90s <laughs> slash yeah, 80s. Morris Grant's type setup. Yeah, exactly. Um, look, I-, I think really it needs to probably feature a little bit more in uh, AFL maybe, you know. If-, if you need to get contacts or you need to have to, you have to wear contacts and, you know, you don't want your eyes drying out. So they're, they're definitely an option. But we've you got know, a few maybe glasses. someone needs to be the trailblazer. There's a few players at the club that wear glasses. You know, I know Sammy Michaels got the half moon um, Dumbledore style that he wears. <laughs> <laughs> he could potentially maybe get something in the sports goal setup. I'm, I'm sure there's a few other players that have them. I need to hook up a little sports goal sponsorship tonight. Yeah, it could be. Something else that the Brunswick Renegades have that's a little unique, just looking at their team list, they've got a girl by the name of Angela Snowden. Was there any leaks from the game on the weekend? <laughs> yeah, the um, CIA were down the there. The bachelor wasn't leaking anything. <laughs> Lara Del Conte just snagged another one on the weekend. Is, is she the big spearhead down there at the moment or is it a bit of a you know, goal-kicking spread where you've got multiple avenues to go? Um, yeah, well, definitely this week it was it was pretty spread out. But Lara is definitely one of the um, spearheads down there. Her uh, her skills are what you'd probably call elite, um, especially in the women's competition. So you know she she can do it do it all really from any angle. Like uh, pretty good at snaps and bananas. But this week she popped a nice one from just inside the arc. Um, went through pretty comfortably. But um, as a as a def- former defender. Now turn goal kicking coach. What are your thoughts on taking the banana or the snapshot when you're pretty straight in front? You know, a Harry Mackay, someone that likes to bend it around. What are you, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, I'm not really supportive of it, to be honest. I think it looks rubbish, but um, you know, that's just you're a purist. Me, I'm, a, I'm a purist. I'm a purist. What about you, Rob? You like a banana or? Oh, I, I don't trust myself with the banana. I'm scared I'm going to middle it and it's going to go uh-huh. uh, complete wrong angle. So, yeah, and I back myself with a, with a drop punt um, where I can um, and on the right foot. Left you, foot, you, I don't you, trust too much. You're um, over the journey, Rob. I realise you're playing forward now, but you haven't really been known for your goal kicking, more a sort of back half of the field type player. Do you, uh, yeah, do you think... Definitely in the back half. Do you reckon um, there might be a bit of need for Jake just to take you aside and give you a bit of goal-kicking tips now that you've swung forward in recent weeks? Well, interestingly, I, I trained with the forwards um, the last couple of weeks and we did a bit of craft on Thursday night. And the way that forward training has gone these days, we did about 15 minutes of specky practice, another 10 minutes of snaps from the boundary. And when I started playing, that was considered, you know, taking the mickey. Um, I thought I, I saw time. that. I thought that and just assumed that you guys had finished training and it was like a bit of fun, like in under 11s when you go slide in the mud after training. No, that was that was, that was legitimate forward craft. Um, Stevie Ballick had the, the specky bag on. People were trying to take hangers. There was some actually really good grabs taken. 
Aiden Noon um, set himself for a big weekend after t- taking a couple of hangs. I didn't know he had it in him. Um, and then he came out on the weekend, and, and we'll get to it in the twos, but had a massive second quarter. Um, so I'm not sure if that's something you do down in the women's program, Jakey. Do a bit of specky practice and a bit of uh, snaps from the boundary, forward craft? Um, no, we, we haven't done a lot of it. But, <laughs> but this week, um, you're sort of giving me a few ideas. And I think Wednesday night, we might be, uh, you know... We might have to get our bag. media team down there, Steve, and make sure that we've got some footage of Jakey with the specky bag on. Girls taking actually, a few hangers on him. Adele Curley, actually, I reckon... Uh, She'd probably be pretty good at that. Oh, back at Richmond Central, I remember that she took a she got a massive leap that we might have mentioned on the podcast a couple of weeks back. She had a she had a I big. Think she, I think she's put a couple down down this year. She just hasn't hasn't completed the mark yet. Last week uh, against Aquinas, she actually took or well, nearly took another massive one, um, probably bigger than the one at Richmond, and it was right in front of their bench, and they were absolutely going nuts even though against her own team but um she just made, oh, sort of just slipped out of her hands at the last minute but i'm sure she'll she'll snag one before the end of the year Good i just man. want to bring up jake before i'm assuming you'll do a couple of better players from the day but uh on the weekend i saw probably one of the best smothers um you'll ever see from from maddie parlo the old straight through the arms Copped it straight on the nose. The, uh, okay. Big, big falcon. Big falcon. I thought she like was deliberate, out. deliberate falcon. Uh, like she like sacrificially <laughs> put her head. Over I don't reckon fruit. anyone's ever gone out to smother <laughs> it with their face before. Whatever it takes. That's the attitude. It sounds like it's coming through the girls' team at the moment. Whatever it takes, we'll get the job done. Yeah. Look. Well, you you wouldn't think that um, you'd sort of sacri- sacrifice yourself <laughs> and put your head. Head first with the with the um, smarter, but I, I'm so, sort of starting to doubt um, whether that would be untrue because you know Maddie's got a bit of a reputation this year. You know, round one, uh, try to tackle someone with their face, ended up with a massive fat lip, blood nose, and then we, um, you we know, talked about the the nodcast a couple of weeks back because that uh, Deegs was wondering whether or not she went the lipstick at the night afterwards, so. <laughs> And now, and now she's got the, the black eye, so maybe she likes the... Well, it doesn't have to be any eyeshadow. It's all covered. <laughs> it's a, it's, You're saving, uh, saving money. Well, they're three and one. Obviously, there's a commitment. Funny, funny to see uh, Deegs asking for a list of best players when Claudia Maguire just got best on, named on the website of the weekend, just <laughs> angling for a bit of a bit of positive feedback there, Deegs. I noticed you have been just sitting back there with the arms behind the head over the course of this match of you looking pretty pleased with yourself. Just things looking pretty good down in your household. Good he's got to he's got to keep he's got to look after his sources. He's known for it, Sammy. So maybe that's a little bit there. I haven't looked at who was best players on the website, but I was down there, and Claudia did play very well. So that's great. She's had a, she's, a, she's a she's a you know best and fairest winner. Expect nothing less. They're in a fifth year of footy now. That's great. Absolutely. So, so moving on to the Resies, uh, also a great win for the girls, 8-12-60 over Brunswick, 2-1-13. Yeah. That was a, just a real strong performance, particularly after losing to them in the grand final last season. Jake, girls have been having... Offensive weapons to kick a score like that. 
Yeah, um, you know, uh, we've got the two big spearheads down there, um, Dakota and Peter Basson, I think. So um, they both sort of chipped in with the goals and I, I definitely got to see them clunk a few marks in the line, and it's really nice to have them down there um, playing for the girls and I think it gives them a bit of confidence as well. So oh, they, they've been, you know, pretty good and, you know, key forwards for a few years now. So it was no surprises, but... It was just nice to see yesterday them, you know, it all come together for the twos because, you know, if we're analysing the game, they were two goals down earlier on and I was getting a little bit worried. But um, like all good teams do, they they came back with a bang and just didn't the let... coach got them up. The, the coach swung it. Yeah. Is, shout out Georgia Anderson. <laughs> if, if, if they were two goals down, it means they had the next 20 scoring shots. Shut them out from there. So that's a pretty pretty good turnaround. Two goals down as well because uh, I, I did speak to Georgia and uh, so Haley Ryan I think was the the girl who led the team out for the day and she did the toss and the umpire didn't have a, a coin to do the, oh, no. the toss with so she's the, the, the tennis racket the old W or M yeah or Wilson no no that yeah yeah they uh, she gave I think the umpire gave her a card and said yeah you know, put put this in one hand. And uh, oh the can choose choose the hand that the cards in. And if she chooses wrong, well, you know, then Maznod get to choose which way they want to go. And she swapped she swapped the cards around in her hand, like when the girl picked the right. I didn't explain that very well, but she she basically cheated to get to win the toss, <laughs> and uh, it didn't it didn't pan out well in the first quarter. Oh, well, we cheated. What what was the umpire doing? Why didn't the umpire do it themselves? What are they thinking? Oh, we'll just go the honest we'll ask. Yeah, we'll have I've to got a number play. between one and ten. It was seven. <laughs> Tell me, were you thinking of that? Or <laughs> the umpire's playing odds at the, the set of bets. We'll we'll yeah, we'll that's oh. Maybe this is fish. Maybe fish listened into the nodcast last week, and he's uh, <laughs> starting to. Yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I feel like we're treading in dangerous territory talking about lack of integrity in the umpiring ranks. There is a there's an umpiring shortage around Australia. I mean, we love our men in and women in yellow. Green, whatever green. color they're sort of wearing these days. Lime, lime green. I reckon it is. Yeah, we we, we had our umpire on the weekend in a business shirt, so there's clearly not really much <laughs> dress standard down at threes. Let me tell you. <laughs> I'm looking forward yeah, to getting well, to the threes because there's a, there's a bit going on down there from what I, I've heard. I've got a few sources down there this week, so. Um, Nina Marbin uh, potentially might be receiving a call up to the ones soon. She's been pretty good. Um, and then also Jess Scrinny and obviously the, the two big spearheads in Dakota and uh, Peter Basson. So good work to those girls. And hopefully we can get a dub next week as well against um, St. Bede's Mentone. They're undefeated. So, you know, both the seniors and reserves women's will be having another, another tough game, but very keen for the challenge. Very good. Just to keep the momentum up, let's just move on to the other team that's absolutely flying at the moment, which is, of course, the under-19 Div 1 side. We we previewed a little bit last week the Nodders coming up against Old Trinity, the two undefeated teams in that division, uh, and with regrading and all sorts of stuff going on. Um, huge game, big, big, big uh, potential upside for the winning team with with a potential spot in Premier you know, on the cards and obviously, you know, we, we saw a few divisions get moved around last week. So it was a massive game, top of the table clash. Uh, I had the pleasure of being able to see some of this because they played before us down at Central and um, 
relatively tight for a bit of the first half, but Mazinov, particularly in that last quarter, is kicking away, ended up winning 16-5, 101 to 6-14-50. Obviously, inaccurate kickings probably flattered the margin a bit there, but still a fantastic win by the boys. Um, Jake, Rob, Sam, did you guys see or hear much from this game? Yeah, I was uh, chatting to one of the 19s boys, John Backhouse, yesterday, and he said there was maybe a skulldoggery going on with, um, you know, the other team trying to, you know, make the the margin blow out. So they were they were going to be able to stay in their current division and hopefully win a flag. So John mm, was a bit worried that they were going to potentially be moved up. But I was thinking, you know, if if the league looks at the scorecard and sees what happens, you know, they they were obviously potentially tanking that last quarter. So. I think hopefully our boys might, I don't know, like obviously you want to go up to Premier and test yourself against the best, but I think maybe this division is probably more suited to them and hopefully, you know, it's only round four, but the F word. No, nah, um, I don't agree with you, Jake. The, they won by 150 round one. We've got to go up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want to you go up to Prem? Well, the last, the last, I think it was a few years ago, Tim McInery's team went the whole season. Uh, so this was a team with Damian Byrne, Jacob Murdoch, uh, you know, all very good players Jamie uh, Hill. at the moment. Yeah. And this was a superstar under 19 team and they, you know, pre- premiership favorites through the whole season. And then uh, who did they play in the grand final? So, uh, St. Kevin's maybe or something who then decided to drop all their senior under 19 players back to the 19s for that grand final and ended up winning. So just because you go through the whole season winning by 150 points doesn't ensure a flag. And so I don't know how you can enjoy winning by 150 points every week. So go to Premier, test yourselves against the best every week and, and just see what happens. See what happens. Oh, that's my, that's what I would want to do anyway. Yeah, well, you've already won a flag though, Sam. For people like me, I'm just thinking well, about I'll, trying to win one. Dave, you had the opportunity. So this is another, I'll just bring this up now. So <laughs> our under-18 year, uh, we won a this flag. This is back in 2014, 2014, we won a flag by 140 points. Um, all, all my mates, you know, all Jake's year level, all participating in the team, but Jake decided to just to have the year off. So Ooh. there was your flag, Jake. You, you missed out on your opportunity. So you had a couple of Irishmen ahead, ahead of you in the team, didn't you? Yeah, was, was, that, yeah. was that that was the year you, the, when the under eighteen comp was briefly a thing? Yeah. It was, was an under eighteen under eighteen comp, and Jake yeah. wanted the yeah. year off. And Mazinot had a had a trial program at the time where we had a couple of Irishmen come out for a gap year. Um, they partied, they drank, they did a little bit of gardening around the college. <laughs> um, they, they, had, they ran some parties, a lot and, of sleeping. And they also got it themselves into a premiership team. <laughs> Ahead of Jake. There. So have, have you ever won a flag, Jake? Ever? No, I've never, I've never won one. Lost, yeah, lost the juniors one. But, you know, that team would have been pretty hard to get into. You know, the Irish boys are in there. Um, who else was in there? Jackie Kaz. You didn't try, mate. So that, that doesn't help your, court, your, your case. I was still suffering from bad concussions all throughout junior footy, so... <laughs> Going back for the, with the flight one too many times. Yeah, Mr. Craig just... <laughs> bringing it back to the current season, and I must admit, I'm probably I'm a bit on the fence in this one because I think, well, you want to play the highest level possible when it's mid-season. 
having your momentum kind of thrown around by having to change divisions isn't the best. But it does look like a pretty interesting division regardless because Mazanon now do sit top uh, 4-0, but Old Zabs are also 4-0. Old Trinity, who we beat on the weekend, 3-1 and with a percentage of 315. And Uni Blues at 3-1 and as well. So it looks like there's a bit of a split between the top and the bottom. Um, but it looks like there's some decent sides in there. And obviously, these are, you know, little Mickey Mouse clubs. These are some of the big powerhouses. So the fact that we're performing really well and mixing it up with those teams is a pretty good sign for how strong the team's doing at the moment. It does raise an interesting point that is playing out in the broader VAFA leagues is if you look at B grade and, and A grade and, and C grade, generally there's, a, there's well, definitely B grade the last few years. There's probably been two or three teams at the very top with a really big discrepancy to the bottom teams in B. You know, maybe maybe the system that we have in place, the two up, two down, isn't keeping the leagues as equal as they've always been. And I know under-19s creates a different problem as well because you've obviously got different players every every year going um, into the seniors and, and the junior program. So not sure. Maybe something to look at. Would you would you suggest just the one up, one down scenario or what what are you thinking? I don't know. I don't I don't know. Maybe it could be based you you have a, a bigger premier um, league in the, at the very top. Maybe you have a couple more teams in that. So then B grade and C grade could be evened out a little bit more. I'm not sure. I just think, um, you know, you look at a club like Parkdale who's been stuck in B for a number of years, um, struggling at the moment because they haven't been able to, you know, have the wins on the board the last few seasons. Maybe if they're in a, a competition that's a little bit more even, they wouldn't have that problem. So I'm starting to look at, but, you know, there's no perfect solution. The two well, up, two it, down. Does, it, it does change year to year because you get some years where really even competition, some years where it's not. I think this year having come off 2020 with COVID, what seems to be happening is some clubs have come out heaps stronger and other clubs have come out struggling. And I don't know if that's purely correlated to how well the club managed through the season or kind of what's happened to big groups of playing numbers. But like I know we've got pretty strong numbers across our teams. I know the 19s, 2s are struggling a little bit, but for the most part, we've got pretty strong numbers. We've got seven teams. There's other teams that you, you know, you're hearing about that are struggling to fill the seconds. Um, so I think some of the bigger sides might have just got bigger and stronger over the course of the past 12 months. And maybe some of the others have suffered a bit and it might take a year or two for that to shake out through the different divisions. Yeah, and also the way that teams um, are affected by injury. I know that's something that we're going through around the club at the moment. There's a lot of guys being injured and unavailable, which does affect your depth and, and, and can you know contribute to performance. So it's interesting to see how that plays out for teams as the year goes on and we get into those winter months less people so, traveling this year which will be um something that changes things in the vafa you know we've all vafa clubs in the past have always had to deal with people escaping off to europe during the, the the cold months so that won't be happening this year which may change things a little bit absolutely yeah, there's so many so, variables it's hard to pin it to something just before we move off the 19 seniors or 19s ones uh, another great game from Shawnee Wellsford on the weekend. Zach Fisher was also very good, as was Johnny Backhouse, Mitchell McCarthy. Uh, the Nordcast man, Jackie Caspers, kicked another four. Good to see Eamon McKenzie getting amongst the goals as well, as did our other man, Matthew Albrecht. So uh, good, good, good win for the boys. The second 19 team didn't have quite the same result. Uh, went down 3-8-26 to Williamstown CYMS 29-16-190. So just a cheeky... Have you heard what happened here? Well, I heard they finished with 13. 
Yeah, 13. 13. So Hutto's favourite number. Um, it was it got it got pretty desperate at the end there, apparently. I had Nogcast favourite Alec Poleski um, come up to me at the seniors on Saturday and he's like, You've you've got to you've got to put something out there on the Nogcast. You've got to you've got to get gotta get the boys down. We we need a few extras, we need a few ring ins. So if you're out there and you're looking for a game of footy, um, the, the the blacks under nineteens got a lot of potential, but they need they need a few more soldiers at the moment because to start the game um, with a squad and then be down to thirteen by the end of it, it sounds like the thirds threw on a few, <laughs> yeah, that's a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well that's my speciality, so maybe I might have to think about pulling the boots on again in under nineteens and playing illegally like I did when I won the team of the year, but maybe just don't <laughs> say that. Maybe edit that part out. I was a bit old. No, no, it's staying hey, in. And I like that, that you've now mentioned that? Team of the Year three times and we've been going for half an hour. Wait, did you say uh, I was in the Team of the Year? Sure. <laughs> we need one of Jacob. those little counters just popping up at the bottom of the screen. If this was <laughs> Jake, Jake did do the old, uh, you know, 21-year-old in the under-19 division, something Declan Fowler made his name for. Was that, I think was he, that, was that asked for? Like, was that a... You know, like you went through some paperwork and official process, or was that we're just going to we're just going to make sure that we get our buy yourself guns some fire. sort of Uzbekistanian visa passport situation and just claim. And now it makes sense why you've got the haircut. You've got the Eastern European haircut, so you could match up with the passport photo. Yeah, real iron behind the iron curtain sort of setup. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the the old birth certificate. I am twelve. I do agree. We, we if anyone's out there looking for a game. We would most welcome you down there. And probably the only prerequisite, obviously a little bit of football ability would be optional. Um, but also if you've just got a reasonably resilient body, because um, clearly there's some injury troubles as Alex Pileschi has quite famously been the face of over the past few weeks. But well, That's what happens when the, the skipper goes there. down in a practice match tragically <laughs> after you win the 19s by 150 points. by He's, Yeah, tr- trying to play three games on the same day. That's, that's just trying to carry the team. The, uh, before we kind of get too far away from that game, um, obviously not the result the boys were after, but um, good to see the uh, Chris Pond best on again. I think he's, I think that's a few weeks he's been there get about. Him up, and, get him up to the ones. What's going on? Well, yeah, him and, him and Jordan Lyons just regularly appearing amongst the best players and in the goals. I reckon they must be pushing for senior selection at some stage, you'd think. Um, and then Cooper Fisher has also been, from my spies tell me, hitting a bit of good form, which um, you know, it's tough doing the job when you're playing against twice as many players as you guys have on the field. But it's good to see a few of them just finding a bit of form down there. Is I that coached. Lions related to the Brisbane Lions? Or, like, I mean, not, oh, geez, that sounded bad, <laughs> yeah. that sentence. I mean, you know, Jared Lyons from Brisbane. <laughs> Didn't realize they were both Lions. Yeah, should have thought about that one. Um, the Lion King has been a real theme of the, the <laughs> podcast tonight, hasn't it? Uh, no, I, we'll have to come back to you on that one, Jay. He's an accumulator, though, so he's, he's probably linked to Jared Lyons in that regard. Breaks up the touches. Not sure about any bloodlines, though. Dude, Mark, line. Mark Pascuzzi can find the goals as well. In a side that kicks one or two or three goals every week, he seems to just... We talked about the Pascuzzi's already this year. His older brother Nick in the seniors, obviously we we were we bought some stock in him very early. Um, maybe we should have got some stock in his younger brother as well. 
We've gone a bit quiet on Pooch, haven't we? Old Nick Pescuzzi. Oh, we'll get there. We'll get, we'll get there in the senior wrap. Oh yeah. Uh, well, well, let's 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 get there right now. So seniors, bit of an ugly day out at Monash. It's fair to say. 1870-125 Monash, 4731 Mazenod, 94 points. It's one of the uglier results we've seen in recent times. Um, Rob, how did you? Yeah, see I had this a one? I had a bit of a different vantage point to watch this one. I had the pink jersey on, had the, the run and the and the the splitters on, the running shorts. So um, I didn't, I didn't. Love what I saw, to be honest, and and I think the guys playing would say the same. It wasn't a great day for us. We weren't we weren't our best by any means. And full credit to Monash, they they're an impressive outfit. They a lot bigger, a lot stronger, move the ball a lot better than we did. Um, but saying that, you know, there was still some there was some still some really good effort and endeavour from the boys. Lot to take away and work with and, and build on in future weeks. But yeah, definitely a bit of a wake up call for a group. That was, you know, pretty young and inexperienced. Deng Andrew made his debut, which was great, and he showed some good signs um, in the forward line, on the wing, and then down back in the second half. He was sort of thrown around a little bit and looked really comfortable at the level. Big Mac Andrew made um, his second game after debuting in round one and coming back, and he looked like he could definitely handle the level as well and gave some good support to Gus in the ruck. Some guys that were having some putting some really good season together. Again, Tom Riley looking dangerous coming off the halfback line. He was strong. Gus Paddy was really, really strong around the ball and took some big marks and had a really good battle with their Ruckman, who was a he was a giant. Did really well himself. So there was some there was some good individual efforts, but as a team, you know, we can't accept getting beaten like that and and thinking everything's okay. So there's some things for us to work on, but it's definitely not all doom and gloom. Know what we need to improve on this weekend. I'm sure you'll see a, a really good effort at, at, against UHS at Central come Saturday. The, uh, the two co-captains missing this week, yourself and Tom, are you back in? Yeah, back I'll, Tom I'll, back? I'll, be, I'll be back this week. Went and saw the, the surgeon today and he said that, you know, you're only one week away, so that means I'm right to go. So looking forward to being back out there with the boys on Saturday and hopefully getting a W, getting back on track. Who, who did lead the boys out on the weekend? Because that's a real was that was it Simon Hall? Yeah, Simon Hall. So he's in the leadership group and he's been a, a great leader at the club for since 2015, coming across from collegians and obviously a premiership player and a real mature head. So Simon did a great job leading the boys on the weekend and copped a bit of claret, came off with a bleeding nose, as every good leader should. So he definitely uh, adapted to the role well. Tough taboo as as a leader though with a with a hundred point loss. So maybe maybe we'll just hand it back to you this week, do we, Rob? No, I don't think that's got anything to do with it. <laughs> it wasn't quite a hundred points. It was still in the nineties. So um, yeah, nothing to worry about there. Speaking of his head, um, you he's always, we talked on a previous podcast about the fact that he's just really growing the the hair out a little bit. Oh yeah. Oh, was it yeah, when he ran out? Was it sort of like a bit of like a bridal train where someone was running behind him just holding the hair a bit like the back of the dress yeah, and, just to get him out on the field or and the way that the wind was blowing at, at Monash on Monday and at those who have gone to Monash it's known for, for being the windiest campus in Australia you got to run down that hill as well from the club rooms don't you just really get yeah, there, was a, there was a very strong Zephyr um, bouncing around the Menzies building coming over onto the ground and 
his 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 flowing locks were looking really really good, and you know he's, he's always someone that presents himself very well. Always got a nice set of boots, being a in the game himself, and yeah, he he looked great, and he leading the troops out, he he looked really good. So. Um, and played well. So that, that, that looking good lasted about 30 seconds by the sounds of the result. <laughs> oh, no, the, 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 the hit to the nose happened a bit later in the game. So yeah. he was looking comfortable for most of it. Went back out there and got the job done too. Yeah, so Robert, have you sort of like t- speaking about leaders, um, any future leaders, you know, obviously the leadership stocks from the senior sort of elder, elder statesmen in the team were a bit low on the weekend, but looking towards the future, any names you're going to throw up? Yeah, no, it's exciting. So in the leadership group this year, we've got Matt Fewings, Jack Sullivan and Sam Michael. So they're all 22 and under. So pretty, pretty young, but very strong footballers in their own right and developing into strong leaders of the group. And, you know, that's a challenge for all of us at the moment after coming off a top loss is that the leaders really need to set the tone and, and get things back on track this week. So, you know, definitely be looking to those boys to be help drive that. And it, like, funny you mentioned future leaders because um, Jack Sullivan has has come up to me about a, a nickname for himself that he wants me to get going. So he wants everyone <laughs> to call him Skip, Skip Art, <laughs> something, something along those lines because he reckons he's the future, future captain of Masnod, which yeah. is... You know, I don't mind it. He's, he's, getting, there early. So he's getting there early. He's, he's, he's coming for your spot, Hass. He, I don't know. You, you just watch your back, I reckon. He I wants think, it pretty um, quick. Yeah, I think definitely someone that could definitely grow into the role. We've, we've had young captains in the past. Stu Inglis, 21, 22, when he became captain of the club. So, but he, he let's be fair, Stu Inglis might have been 21 on his birth certificate, but he looked 40. Yeah, he, he did was, a Jake Charm. He, he, he definitely yeah. docked some paperwork <laughs> at some Actually, point. Well, we got to we got to bring this up because uh, last year we ran an online during COVID. We ran an online event, and this was one of the questions: who was the youngest captain in Masnod history? And we had we had Stu Inglis as the answer. Uh, and mid mid what do you call it? We're live. We're live on Facebook and Zoom. While we're live, yeah, mid Zoom. Uh, Copped a call from Peter Riley, who, you know, screaming down the phone, oh, I am the youngest <laughs> captain of all yeah. time. So, how old was Pistol when he, when, at the he boys out the first time? I think he was 20, he said. So, uh, talk about Peter players Riley. looking good as they lead the boys out. I reckon he would have, at 20, Riles would have looked real good because I know, having worked with him, there, there's some old yearbooks at Mazinot going around. At one point in time, Peter Riley had a permanent moustache. So I wonder if that lines up with when he started to lead the boys out. I'm, I'm just doing a bit of mental maths here, but if Peter Riley was captain at 20, was that was he leading some sort of squadron in the Vietnam War or something? Or was he talking about on the football field? <laughs> no, he, he said on the football field. <laughs> it explained the, explain the limp that he's got. So. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe that's the problem. Maybe he can't. At 20, it's pretty hard to the pressure, the weight. That's what happens. You're crippled can't, yeah, by the time you're in your later days. So, But, yeah, no, Jack and Matt and Sam, all really, really strong developing leaders. And I think they're going to be great assets for the club for many, many years. Very good. Um, so the Rezies, this, this was a ripping game on the weekend. So 
the Resi is coming up against Monash, who I believe are undefeated, Deeks, going into the game. Is that right? Yeah, they're undefeated. Um, and, they were on the board. They, the two's on the board. Good. Yeah, there was, so a big, there was a big move on the board Thursday night, though, when they, they moved the magnet of Deegan into the centre. That was surely something that we got the boys going. There's, there's nothing like the twos board. I remember back in the day when Stevie Bellick pop riveted his own magnet to centre half back in a year where we were challenging for finals. That was highly entertaining. He just couldn't get moved for the rest of the year because he physically couldn't move the magnet. Um, the, the scores in the weekend, Mazenod 14-10-94, just smashed Monash 6-6-42. So really exciting. Deeds, talk us through this one. Yeah, it was a, that was one of the best twos performances I've seen. Uh, really, there was not, not a bad player on the ground. Probably, probably I was the worst player on the ground. Uh, so that's that's saying it all, really. Uh, <laughs> no, nah, everyone, everyone... Well, your worst player gets 40 and kicks a couple. It must be pretty good. <laughs> no, nah, not quite. Uh, but yeah, that, that was one of the best all-round performances I've seen and, and some individual... Um, performances on top of the the whole team performance just really capped it off and we didn't look like losing really uh sort of had a quiet third quarter where they kicked a couple of goals but um you know our lead was too big and yeah like I said we ran out sort of eight or nine goal winners um pretty comfortable ball movement looked crisp guys hitting up leads through the middle of the ground turning going getting in long looked really yeah. good it was a pretty strong team and uh it sort of unearthed a few a few players that you know you might have might have penciled in as as twos only, and uh, there's a couple of guys who you know now you might think, geez, they could actually push for ones for sure. Hey, man. Um, Come on, let's hear talk about. Well, I'm talking Brendan Wales down back. He was source uh, source Wales was was one of the best games I've seen. He was uh, nothing was getting getting through him. The other twin tower down there, Ange Capello. Uh, yeah, that, these guys just just dominate, and then cheesy, cheesy Tom Patterson at center half back was he's he's growing out the the curls as well. Yeah, um, he's, similar, he's... To, similar to uh, Hawley, so he was he was a pillar down back as well. There's just nothing getting through, and then and then Pete Rosanides in the ruck was that's one of the best games I've seen him play play too. He was he was huge uh, throughout the day. And then, and then we'll mention. So I know you. I know you're keen to get to this, Rob, because you, future brother-in-law. But Aiden Noon, a uh, couple of goals. He, he floated one from sixty. Yeah, uh, a real, a real top spinner <laughs> delivery. Uh, Spun on, did it? From sixty, and it just hit the ground, bounced over a couple of people, and just kept going straight through the middle. And he loves a celebration. He's got a bit of puppy about him. Yeah, he does. He, he he's quick to he's quick to remind you of his goals. Right, right before that, he he was actually twenty meters out uh, on a slight angle and didn't make the distance. So <laughs> he's, he's gone. He's gone from one of those toppies to a a sixty meter toppy that managed to to roll all the way through. So and he had an amazing. He kicked those two goals in the second quarter, and he he was looking he was looking really agile, and he was making things happen. He was hitting it up through the middle, and then unbelievably he. Started the third quarter on the bench, and I, I went up to him. I said, "What's going on?" And he said, "Nah, we're against the wind, keeping me for the last." <laughs> but tragically, between then and the last quarter, he's he's Achilles tightened up and did make it through the game. So, bit of conditioning. 
air conditioner. You can join me. Join me for a few extras maybe throughout the week. No, I don't. I actually, I doubt he'll join me, but he doesn't need to. He's kicking goals, and that's all. That's all that matters. Yeah, he's, he's looking good. He's looking good. He's up. Yeah, Deegs. Um, I heard. I was actually not at the game, but uh, I heard. Definitely heard all about it on Saturday night. I think was it Joel or Jez Wellsford was. They were given a really in-depth sort of rundown of what happened to anyone and everyone who wanted to listen at the party. I think Jez, had, you know, was harping on for about five minutes. Was it was it pretty accurate or not, Deeks? Jezza Wellsford gave one of the best rundowns of the game I think I've ever seen. Uh, he was enjoying himself. Well, uh, well, not not if he was talking the way he was on the weekend. He didn't actually say a word. Didn't say one word of English. Uh, but he was getting real fired up, you know, making noises. And I managed to follow along with what he was saying. But at the end of it, he ended up with all the twos boys in attendance jumping and cheering around. So. Jez was, Jez was celebrating the win. Big ledge, uh, the big ledge. Yes. Uh, well, is it? I'm pretty sure the Wellsfords got named across a whole line. Is that right? Was the half forward line the yeah, three Wellsfords named? Joel, uh, Jeremy Wellsford, and then Liam Wellsford. Pretty handy having Liam back- Wellsford in the in the twos. I thought Rody actually was was really average uh, throughout the game. So we might we might have to hold on to him for a few more weeks just to <laughs> get him, get him back into form because. Yeah, yeah, like that that one that he slotted for the boundary, he was trying to square it up and he missed and accidentally went through. So yeah, he's obviously out of a bit of touch. Well, Rody should Rody should be having eighty five disposals and six goals in the twos, and I, I reckon he only had sort of sixty and one absolute <laughs> off on the boundary. So he's still he's a bit of conditioning maybe before he before he heads up. So we, we wouldn't mind holding on to him maybe for a couple more weeks. I was pretty excited, Deeks, when you said that Ange Trapello played well because I reckon when Acapella's going all right, the twos are on song. And obviously, a bit of a barometer for your team, I reckon. <laughs> Just... <laughs> I saw I saw Ange out on Saturday night. He was he was out and about on um, in Richmond. He was Wasn't he's he? pretty quiet, customer Ange, but he was he was he looked up and about. He, he was happy with his work. The glove he doesn't he doesn't get too much through him. He's um. Yeah, he's, How, he's got he, his pockets must have been a bit bit empty from the week before, just trying to re-buy back into the beer pong. So I'm surprised <laughs> he's he's out so early after that. Yeah, he's actually so he had a ping pong ball with him, so I'm not sure where he'd been. But... <laughs> actually, just I just want to mention another name, um, uh, just in the twos who who played really really well too, Adam Gilmore. Old Happy, Happy Gilmore. Oh, Happy's Happy. good. Happy's really good. He's up. Happy he's, got, he's, he got swung from from back line up into the forward line and just relished it. Just as soon as he got the ball, just took off and eyes for the goals. Just wanted to kick goals, but kicked a couple. Well, so he picked himself in the forward line last Thursday night when we were doing the specky training that I was talking about earlier. Because he came I did down notice there. that. Yeah, I was wondering. He was taking he was. absolute hangers. <laughs> he was up there for a week. Capello was up there as well. All these guys who were supposed to be in the back line were sort of. You know, as, as you do at training, sometimes you split into your to your mids, forwards, and backs, and and we we're a bit short on backs uh, at training. And you know, I looked over, and the whole twos back line was in with the forwards, uh, <laughs> taking Specky. So, I don't know, maybe sending a bit of a message to Sean Campbell there. But yeah, well, it did it did the job, whatever it was at training, because the uh, the boys were up and down on the weekend. Yeah. So so Deegs just sort of. 
you've mentioned a few names there, but also covering some cult figures, uh, Chris Skunkman Martin. How's he going down the twos? Chris is... He's got a new set of feathers, doesn't he? Yeah, of of course he does. We we haven't spoken about it for a few weeks, and so he's definitely at the (laughs) the cut. (laughs) Definitely visited the barber for sure. Maybe with Jakey down in Narry. Grindstone or... (laughs) Why, why, is he, why is he the skunk man, Jake? Well, he had the uh, infamous uh, blonde tips. So it was like sort of a bit of a, sunk, oh, okay. sorry, a skunk um, tail. Like, usually usually skunk. blokes with, with the skunk nickname, it's, it's sort of for another reason. So I haven't, I haven't heard that one. Yeah, um, I might be completely wrong, but I'm just, I'm just having a guess. We, boys, we should move off this game, but given you've mentioned 19 out of the 22 players, do you want to quickly run through the other two or three or you, you kind of, you're good to finish off? We can... Oh, no. No, no, no need. The twos, the lid's off for the twos. We're back. Uh, we'll get another big win this week and uh, charge our way to finals. Sounds good. Um, our last game was the, uh, the threes on the weekend. So we came up against Richmond Central... Final score, 9-13-67. We went down 16-17-1-13. They were probably a little flattering final score line for them. It was only a couple of goals at three-quarter time. And as is pretty common for our team at the moment, uh, completely ran out of legs. We had one point where there were three blokes getting carried off with cramp at the same time while the ball was being played out in another part of the ground. Uh, so, yeah, not the best result for the threes on the weekend. Um, you had we a did have... Rings. We had a couple. Um, we enticed former premiership player Tom Sincotta down to the club uh, to, to make his debut for the weekend, which was uh, which was handy little inclusion. He we have a, a weekly bet club going on in the threes as well, so we take a quaddy or some other bet every week. And Tommy, um, we we brought him in because the quaddy had been struggling, and he put the numbers up. Um, got two legs down, and unfortunately, he just didn't get the job done in the third leg. So, um, are you kidding me? Because he day around. I saw that quaddy, and he picked every horse available. So how did he, how did he not hit that? Yeah, I just yeah. Wait, he had one percent of the quaddy, didn't he? Yeah, the point three percent of the quaddy we had didn't <laughs> come in because <laughs> he he left out yeah a sixty to one shot that got up <laughs> in the third leg. Um, we we also had and- it was it was we we had Tom Corey who played nineteens a few years ago. He came back down for his first run in a while, which was great to see him. Uh, cult figure Lockie McInerney just. Managed Clamps. to bit of yeah, bit of put a bit of tape on his back and got the spine in, in in order to come back and make a comeback after a while. So good to have him out there. And Mickey Lee was the other one. Um, not too sure he's played at Mazenod before, but played a bit of school footy at Mazenod and was was good seeing him out there. But got a yeah, unfortunately, bad carpet burn. Apparently, there's a little little patch that was worrying him that I heard about. Mickey Lee, yeah, got some carpet burn after getting tackled in the. Early in the game, he wasn't happy with. So he's, he's done. He's, he said, "That's it for me. I'm not coming oh, back." Well, he he's got a leap on him. He, he jumped on a couple of guys' heads, just a bit like uh, some of the players and the girls we were talking about earlier. Just couldn't come down with them. Um, Interestingly, no, was, I heard speaking of Thompson Cotter, former Premiership teammate, he was and and a, and a great goal scorer. He's a great small forward and kicked a lot of goals that season. He was telling me that he he rocked up on. Saturday, you know, all keen to play. You know, he said he thought he could kick a few goals. Went down to the forward line. Big Steph Davis says, no, mate, this is my 50. Off you go. <laughs> and, and sent him into the centre square. And Tommy's never played midfield in his life. 
Yeah. He's, he's meant to play starting mid. There's a real pecking order down at the threes. Um, and you don't just, you know, walk in there with, you know, small credentials like senior premiership player and expect to be able to play where you want. You are get to the back of the queue and you basically got to beat Steph at a bench press if you want to take your spot away from him, which no one in the VAFRA has ever managed to do, which is why he just locks himself into that goal square week in, week out. 2012 VAFRA strongest man still still references it. Oh, he'd still be the strongest man going around comfortably. He actually, we we had to inject him into the middle because just, just nothing was working on the weekend. We, we weren't moving the ball forward at all. And he just went into the middle and just... Just he had a hand in about five consecutive clearances. Yeah, he doesn't doesn't run a lot, but just he's just a very intimidating presence around the the center bounces. Just finds the ball. Bit of a Ben Pennington part. He is, yeah. I mean, you can't tackle him. Like just practically, you cannot tackle him. It takes three guys to bring him down. <laughs> and he just he takes the tackle from two of them in a center bounce and just feeds it out to one of the other guys and run away. So it is a bit of a masterstroke from Tommy DeYoung, and obviously he's. He's known for those, so it shouldn't be a surprise to anyone. But it was a <laughs> was a pretty handy move. But yeah, look, the, the real problem down there at uh, Threes Land at the moment is just it's just a general lack of fitness. We weren't helped on the weekend by the fact that there was a wedding, which fifteen of our players were invited to. So we were sort of really digging into the depths of that forty eight players we had on our list to try and get a side together between the injuries and the nuptials. But um. Yeah, you better get some was... wins soon because once spring training starts for the gridiron boys, you'll you'll lose half your squad as well. So you need to get some <laughs> early wins. Yeah, yeah. We 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 it's funny because the results, if you look at the results, you go, oh, they're not much good, but we've just not come close to getting a consistent team together and every margin's blown out by six extra goals in the last quarter because we just kind of really taper off with the fitness. So um still relatively optimistic, but Time's running out because we don't have a super long season, so we've got to start winning some games. So hopefully we can start this week out at Ormond. A bit of a smaller ground might suit our fitness levels a little bit more. Anyway, um, moving on. We we do our, we haven't given this segment a name yet, but we do our kind of weekly rankings. We like to do a it. bit of a deep dive into some... Yeah, just really, really get beneath the surface, unpick a topic and just sort of... You know, just investigative journalist slash reminiscing style. Just really get into investigative it. nostalgia hit. Yeah, and, and so um, yeah, that's a just a nice simple name to call it. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> after that, forty uh, second title to the segment, Rob, do you want to tell the listeners what we're I'm actually doing? <laughs> Any suggestions out there? Just uh, feel free to. Funneling like through one of Jake's phony accounts into the back <laughs> section of podcast website. Um, <laughs> Rob, what, what, what are we on today? So it struck me on Saturday when it was about 25, 26 degrees out at Monash. Um, and I'm looking around the, 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 the squad as we're about to run out or the boys are about to run out on the field. And I was thinking, oh, the boys just warmed up. They're, they're about to get changed. No, long sleeves. To play a game of football in 25 degrees, I, I've never seen anything like it. So looking around the team, long sleeves, are they're in, and they're, they're in in a big way. And it, looking around the senior squad at the moment, Tom Riley, Jack Sullivan, Mitch D'Angelo, uh, Michael Rice, Simon Hall, half the squad's wearing, literally half the team's almost yeah. in long sleeves at the moment. 
And I'm, I'm really interested to sort of unpack this. Is this a recent phenomenon or is this something that in years gone by has happened? I don't know, boys. I've, I've, personally, I've never worn a, a long sleeve jumper since under 10s. So I, I can't really comment personally about the, the benefits, but I'm interested to hear from, from It'd just you. be too hot, wouldn't it? Like, I can't fathom. I can't wear a T-shirt to training, I guess. Well, the weekend was, it was really warm. It was a real, it, it felt like a, a, almost a summer day. So I was thinking maybe it's a, a sun protection angle, but. That's the only wearing them surely. It, 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 uh, well, it, could, it might be sun. The other th- option would be aesthetics. That, yeah, that's, that, that's exactly what it is for mine. You reckon Some that these, is. Some of these boys just they like the they like the look, you know the the shaved legs, uh, long sleeve, bright yellow boots. It's a thing at the moment, and yeah, I don't know. Well, I reckon Maslow's definitely the team with the most long sleeves. That's for sure. Well, I know yeah. famously that Hawthorne had banned long sleeves. I remember. Well, it didn't didn't Clarko run around Canberra last year without a top on just to show the boys that it's not that cold. <laughs> I don't know uh, if Peter Banfield yeah. would do something similar. He's in pretty good nick, but I don't, to sort of prove that you don't need to wear the long sleeves, I'm not, I'm not sure. What about you, Jake? What do you reckon? What do you think the boys are up to? Yeah, well, I think they've just sort of got sucked in by the the social media craze. You know, the yeah, yeah, good boy, good boy energies um, Facebook page. I think they're, you know, just trying to be the – I think – I think clubs are competing to have the most long sleeve players on the ground in the 22. So I think they're really trying to push that angle so they can maybe get a group <laughs> team photo at the end of the year and then send it in and hopefully get it reposted by the good boy energies. There's something in There's that. There's something right? in that, Jake. Yeah. I, I, I reckon, uh, I reckon, but, but what, what, what's the, where's the energy in long sleeves? Where, where, like I, I've seen the, the group well, shot thing. Maybe it's in the wingspan. Because the wingspan does look a little bit more imposing when you've got a long sleeve jumper on. I know seeing Michael Rice is a great advocate for the wingspan when he, he gives a handball and he sort of, you know, um, avoids any responsibility with the ball. So he puts the, <laughs> puts the wingspan out. Uh, Tommy Riley does the same. Jack Sullivan, if you, if you know Jack, he's got really long arms for his body shape. And someone that had the same was Michael Regan. He was a long sleeve wearer. So maybe maybe it's in the wingspan. He's had arms far longer than what his body shape suggested. Yeah, it's and definitely- like maybe it's also like a sort of intimidation thing. Like if these guys were in the short sleeves, like the opposition would be like, oh, sort of the skinny type scenario. But, you know, the long sleeves just gives him that aura of, oh, maybe these guys are a little bit bigger than... We know what's under the jumper. Yeah, well, I, think, I, think, I reckon that's true because round one, or sorry, round two against Marcelin, the opposition player was giving Mitch D'Angelo a bit of lip and he said, you're only wearing long sleeves because you're, you're embarrassed of what's under your arms, essentially, in a few different words. And Mitch pretty much said, yeah, you're right, mate. I do like covering <laughs> up my arms when I'm playing footy. Is there something wrong with that? Which I, I appreciate the new age man approach saying, this is, you're not going to body shame me. Because it's 2021, <laughs> we don't do that anymore. I, I, if I think back to some of my early days of playing at the club, back before people wore, you know, wimpy things like skins to training or bike shorts, underfooty shorts, or certainly long sleeves wasn't a thing. There was only there was only a couple of people who would 
wear long sleeves. One was Steve Stanley, and he has oh, actually yeah. he's a skeleton. Like he's got the skinniest arms in the history of the world. So he and was had a horrific series of injuries. Yeah, he well, yeah, he, he snapped his humerus in a game just because literally, like, if it's just a bone and you land on it, there's not a lot of protection there. So that's not funny. Uh, no, not funny at all. But um, but it was in a final out at uh in a final out at just where we Sandringham or something. Um, but no, yeah, that was that Pete was, Stanley as well. I think Pete, Tom, <laughs> and Steve were the three people in the club that had jumpers because long sleeve jumpers because. <laughs> Dave Grizzly Stanley was the only person that had the the property kit. Yeah, I, I no, I thought I thought it was sort of Jane at home just with the sewing machine, just sewing some sleeves on to the kids' jumpers. Um, the other one around that time, and he's been mentioned on this nodcast before. Oh, fathers! Oh, father skills. Yeah, the long sleeves, father skills. Just occasionally, it wasn't always, but he he had them to dust out at different occasions. And then the other guy who made a real thing of long sleeves, and I reckon it actively held back the movement for another decade was Dale McAuliffe, former Tigers <laughs> captain. He he was a huge fan of the long sleeves, but anything he does, basically no one else is ever going to jump on board. So him wearing long sleeve, basically, yeah, just man. No, but the problem with drowning. Dale was he went through a body transformation between oh. buying his jumper and actually wearing it. So it was like a dress on him. And also he kept wearing the same bike shorts, so they look like board shorts because he lost about 50 kilos. He, he The last season he played when he was, yeah, about 50 kilos less than he had been, he basically looked like he just walked through an op shop on the way to the ground and he just like draped towels and sheets and stuff over himself and went out to play. He just like nothing remotely fit. His and socks looks- just kind of hung down over his boots because they were just like his legs were far too skinny to even hold his socks. But also looked yeah. severely dehydrated as well. Like he, <laughs> he didn't drink of water the whole time. The other yeah. person, Steve Oldman, we, we've talked about him a number of times on the podcast. He was always a big fan of the long sleeve. And he's someone that really controlled the the back 50 that and didn't really get, you know, break a sweat too often. So he, he wore the long sleeve out of probably safety concerns for body temperature. <laughs> Hammer, Jay Weirer, did he wear long sleeves at any point? Nah, never. I don't think he ever did. I never. I don't remember. I know. I know. Paul Deegan wore them back in the day, back in the old uh, woolen jumper oh, no. days. Which that's oh. like you think we're thinking about these brand new, you know, it's inexcusable. Lightweight, sweat wicking. Yeah, yeah. We're thinking about how uncomfortable it would be now, but those woolen jumpers they they weigh about five kilos as it is. So just playing in, the sun, in like a shocking. weight vest or something. It's just, yeah. I don't know how anyone did it. Talking about long sleeve woolen jumpers, interestingly, our, our senior coach the other day, Peter Banfield, was wearing his original Brisbane Bears long sleeve woolen jumper underneath his, the training <laughs> kit. So he, he, he's a fan of a few layers, PB, if you've noticed the training. Um, he definitely layers up. But it's, one it's of the layers. Balmy. It's not even cold yet. What's he, I can't wait to see what he's wearing in the middle of winter. <laughs> but yeah, he, he had the, the Brisbane Bears. And it's an interesting jumper, the Brisbane Bears um, design, if anyone remembers. Oh, part. I do. It had that kind of weird V looking thing on it and the real maroon color too you'd only just, um, probably know it if you've seen the zanotti files um i'm not sure if you guys follow that but zanotti a great player for the brisbane bears wasn't he steve mark zanotti yeah played a bit of time at fitzroy he uh cost wayne carey brown though because wayne carey hit him in the head got three weeks <laughs> 
Um, anyway, we don't need to talk about 1993. <laughs> Get back to 2021. Yeah, so other notable long sleeve wearers of the club, Sammy, anyone in the in the reserves? Yeah, I don't think so. But like, obviously, it's a new. Oh, Pips, a, Pips, Pips wears long sleeve, doesn't he? Luke Pipolo. Um, I don't know. No, I, if he does, I have not noticed. That's what it's, it's becoming made... that accepted. You don't notice yeah. it. it. It's just normalized. What about uh, Diggs? Has Blake Blake Beatty worn one potentially? Nah, he's got a brand new. He's got some fresh ink on the on the bicep at the moment, so he he won't be wearing a long sleeve anymore. He got he's got to get that uh, on show. I think. Oh, the Hayes boys wear them, don't they? Oh yeah, I yeah, think, they're big. Fans. I think they I think they have them, but they don't. I don't know how often they wear it. Oh, I don't, actually, well, Daniel Daniel Daniel. Daniel. Yeah. yeah, Daniel's like James Hurd. He's more often in the long than the short. It's Will, Will does. I, I'm a big fan of young Will. I reckon he he really just strikes me as you know you're more. He's far better footballer. A far better brother sleeves. in every way. <laughs> every He's single a, way. Yeah, well, I, and I can't can't imagine him wearing the long sleeve. Like uh, Daniel, yes, I, I can picture that very vividly. But I feel like Will's just a bit more of a salt of the earth, man of the people, short sleeve wearing type footballer. Hey, I think uh, Daniel likes wearing the long sleeve uh, jumper because you know he he likes to throw it back to the Collingwood. Early two thousands days, bit of Rupert oh, Bethera, your Leon Davises, those types. So yeah. he really, I think he's actually every time we sort of go out on a Saturday, he he mentions his uh, v, is it VCR? He watches at night before he goes <laughs> to bed. Sometimes this is a, this is the rain Dan thing. You go the, the the old you ask him every game from yeah. two thousand and ten, and he just tell you the exact scores from every Collingwood game. Yeah, he knows. It's actually he actually knows how to do that. So test him on two thousand and two season. He'll give you every score every round. Can he give us who wore long sleeves though? Oh, that's good. More it, yeah, we've got a few. We've got a few players at the club that can do that with footy boots. I reckon there's a few guys that know. You know, I think it's is it still side bottom that's got that at the AFL where they know he knows every pair of boots that players players wear from rival clubs. I reckon we've got a few guys that are. In that world, Simon. Who's Hall's looking at around. people's feet? Can't I, I? Couldn't tell you a single. I couldn't tell you what color boots I wear, let alone like what anyone else on the field is doing. It's a key plot line in Shawshank. That concept. Don't look at someone's <laughs> feet. Yeah, I guess so. Um, all right, weekly whispers, boys. And uh, and I know Jake in in probably about 120 of the. Emails and text you sent us. You said I've got some whispers. Just get me on. Just just let me on, and I'll cut loose. So here's your platform. Yep. So I'll drop one right now. Um, <laughs> this is not actually from me. This is I've got like a lot of different sources. So um, I don't really <laughs> want to name the player that I'm about to say, but um, first name Alana, second name starts with A. So um, I'll let you guys figure who that is. Um, apparently, this well, the person who's my source said that um, before the game against Brunswick in the change rooms when they were warming up, Alana said, um, the team won't win without me because she wasn't playing. So, I don't know what's happening there, but not much faith in the girls, but they really sort of uh showed her up there. So, hopefully, hopefully, um, you know, might have to retract that statement, I think. 
Maybe it was just a bit of motivation, just really get the girls up ahead of a big game. Yeah, true. Well, I, I don't know. There's a bit of pressure on her now. Or if, if I think I know that. She might not get a spot back. Who said it? Yeah, she might not get a spot back in the midfield. So. There's no doubt. Definitely in the girls' team in the midfield. And didn't play on the weekend. <laughs> a, a I, no, I didn't say that. I think Steve, Steve was referring to she might be in the midfield. I was just concurring, but I actually don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Um, Good to see the coach across the list. <laughs> Wait, I'm, I'm just the forwards coach over here all right don't bloody drag me into this midfield stuff yeah, yeah no, no, no place for egos in that forward line either uh it's all about team team effort down there yeah exactly for sure. Diggs, you got anything for us this week yeah i've got one for you that someone sent me sent me this bit of information in uh last week we're talking about maybe getting a, a Maznod band started Oh yes, and we're, oh, we're yeah, sort of talking we about uh, maybe like who so, you know who might, who's a, a bit of a musical connoisseur could, could maybe join the the band. Steve, I hope that I hope my information's not wrong actually, um, and maybe I might be getting stitched up. But you <laughs> you you kept pretty quiet last week. Is it true that you uh, played violin for twelve years at Mazenod <laughs> and in the orchestra? Yeah, well. Um... Twelve years of big cracking been that good if I was there for twelve years. <laughs> but, um, but no, I did play. I did. How would I? How would I phrase this? I you learned the violin Cannon, and that's for six it. years. Yeah, at Mazenod, I was in every orchestra. Um, it was a bit of a thing in my year where we have kind of a competition on how many yearbook photos we could get into. So I literally got myself in every orchestra, every sports team I could. Um, the only problem was I didn't take my violin home to practice from year seven onwards, so I couldn't play anything. So basically, for the violin enthusiasts out there, there's kind of two components to the violin. There's the fingers to like make the notes, like you do with a guitar, and then there's the bowing. If you hold the bow just above the strings, it doesn't actually make any noise, so you can just look like you're doing what everyone else is doing and never make any sound. Um, so, so I'm not going to be much use in the band because I, I literally can't play any notes. But, um, but it is true that I was uh, probably still Mazenod shining light in the violin department. But are you, are you ashamed? Them. Are you ashamed of it? Maybe because you didn't bring it up at all. Yeah, he was pretty quiet last week during yeah. that discussion. I noticed. No, I, I, I'm, I'm extremely proud. I, I learned under one of the, the great tutelages of Margaret Boyle, uh, the grandmother of. Half the club these days, I reckon. There's, there's a fair few boys <laughs> running around and, and behind the scenes in the club rooms. But no, she, she she was one of the best in the business. But um, but no, I just I just was no good. Just quite frankly, terrible at it. Very proud. Wish I could actually have played a few anything, uh, but not so close. <laughs> what about Rob? How come you didn't bring it up? Firstly, hang on a second, that- and hang on, Rob. Did you learn violin as well? I learned a little bit. That, 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 was, that, was, that was my question I was leading to. Did, did you follow in the, in the brother's footsteps? So I, um, I learned a little bit. So I had, being an impressionable young Mazenod student and having an older brother that was, um, you know, self-proclaimed symphony, symphony orchestra first, first strings, I um, felt that I was a bit of pressure to also go into the family business. Um, I, once it clashed with cross-country training, I... Um, 
pack pack my bow up and didn't really come back. But I did I did have a few lessons with former club player Scotty Castledean. For those that have been around the club a little bit, they remember the Castledeans and related to the Woods, Benny Woods and his family. So um, yeah, I had a few lessons with uh, Scotty Cass and yeah, didn't learn a whole heap, but was a good time, good time. Not very musically inclined from those that know me well. And especially when it comes to singing, I can't really hold a note or a tune. So yeah, that wasn't really my department. Yeah, well, you know, we'd, while we're dobbing in both the mans here, Deegs, you played drums, didn't you, as well? No. In, in, in year seven. <laughs> don't, don't bloody shy away from this. You definitely didn't last, well, last drums. Week, because last no, week you thought the trumpet was in percussion, so <laughs> obviously didn't learn too much. Deegs, where you, Dave, I swear Dave, you were drummer. If you're going to come on the Nodcast, mate, I want you to get your facts straight. I have not played <laughs> drums ever. <laughs> I know you did, I think, didn't you? Yeah, I was a bit of a clarinet. I was pretty, pretty skilled at actually. I definitely probably could have been in the band, did a few exams. Do you reckon if you, like, we all were different year levels, but you know, if, if you kind of, I reckon it's the same story most times. If you had a footy game between the woodwinds versus the brass versus the percussion versus the strings, bit of a round robin type competition, what order are they coming out in? Um, whichever Gus Paddy's in, I think he's probably the only. Yeah, well, you got you got you got, you got, you got Gus on the brass in the music department. Got Gus on the brass, that's for sure. He's probably yeah. a pretty handy acquisition. Um, we're, you've yeah, got, think, we're, like, we're on the strings, things. so there's not a good heap on the strings area. There's probably some decent people like the smashing strings, stuff. Think, usually, the strings, the people playing the strings would sort of have, you know, big biceps. Maybe people sort of like Gus, maybe bit of a, more of an aerobic capacity but, <laughs> and then and then the drummers uh you know might just be a bit a- more angry so yeah i reckon that's where like if if guys like butch played an instrument it was the drums <laughs> you definitely can't imagine him on the viola can you like he's a, he's a real be careful player. steve I've, i haven't brought i've been very mindful not to bring Butch. No, up i'm tonight. glad you brought him up i'm glad you brought him up it's a, it's got to be a weekly weekly <laughs> uh butch mention I, I, that was that's actually my whisper because I've been I've been approached during the week and few people said you need Butchie on the show. We want Butch. So we I'm gonna put it out there. Before the end of the year, we'll get Butchie on. I don't know how we'll do it. We might have to buy him a, an iPhone or something, but we'll, we'll I, get I him actually on. I did try. I bumped into him at the club last week and said, Butch, we need you on the Nodcast. The people are screaming for it. And he gave me a fax number. So I don't, don't know what to do with that. Well, turns out, because he goes to see Gus Paddy. Gus, Gus treats him um, for all his, all his osteo needs and he, he, he keeps his tabs on what's going on. But I don't know if he listened to it directly or he's just got his sources at the club filling him in. But, yeah, I don't know. We'll see if we can get him on. It might take a while, but we'll work on it. Yeah, we were talking to him actually on Sunday, Arvo, weren't we, Diggs, after the girls' game because he was very kindly donating his time behind the canteen. But, um, yeah, he definitely said that he wants to, you know, get on and, you know, share his side of the story because he feels like he's being a little bit, you know, you guys are saying some stuff that he doesn't agree with, I don't think. I'm, 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 I'm pretty confident we haven't misrepresented Butchie at all. No, and if we have, I apologise, sir. And Very <laughs> unlike Butch to have an opinion as well, isn't it? Never heard of him having an opinion on anything in his life. 
you got to you've got to you've, you've got to apologize to Butch when he throws you out of a function or he, he challenges you publicly. You always need to get back <laughs> off, calm things. The down. biggest yeah, the biggest great. regret that I've got in my time at the club was that we moved from the South Oval to the North Oval because there was nothing better than Butch carrying people up the race through the cage and <laughs> kicking them out of a function, throwing them onto the ground. Now you just kind of take them out of the glass door and they're gone. It, it, no, it was, you can, no, it you, you've, got the, you've got the glass there so you can see what's actually going on. Exactly. It's, it's safer for everybody. <laughs> Whisper is big hot dog order coming to Central this week after the, the disappointment of round one with the hot dogs being sold out by halftime of the twos. Big hot dog order, some super dogs. They're coming to Central Saturday. <laughs> I did I did drive past late last night. I drove past Don Small Goods and I saw the smoke coming out of the chimney at about 2 a.m. And I thought, oh, there's someone's just rang up and said, just hook us up. The people aren't happy down at Central. Did did you guys get a message during the week? Because I, I received a message from one of my usual informants around the club, and he was I don't want to give too much away because I was, I was pretty um, conscious to preserve his, his privacy last week, but he was a little bit concerned that he may have been outed publicly <laughs> about his disdain of the canteen. Funny you should say that. One of my sources also sent me a message during the week. Apparently we cut a bit close to the bone with <laughs> our conversations last week. So uh, duly noted. I actually got a message as well from one of my sources, like, probably an hour after the the podcast uh, went live saying, you know, thanks for, thanks for your journalistic integrity uh, and credibility because you didn't out me, uh, but maybe the, the man brothers might've. So oh, I'm going to stay away from him. I'm not going to say his name, but yeah, I don't, I don't know if he's too happy with you guys. Maybe this is the last time you guys get informed about anything from from this guy. Oh, we, we can't. I don't want to be cut off this early in the season because yeah, I haven't. Got, I, I I went to one of my. I'm I'm happy to out this source too because I went to one of my other sources just before we we jumped on tonight. And Sam Michael, I messaged him because he said, uh, make sure you you speak to me before you you record the podcast. I've got some info. I messaged him. He's like, oh, sorry, I can't remember. I forgot what I wanted. <laughs> but it was really, really good. It would have been hilarious. So, um, yeah, he's, he's off. I need to, so I need to find a few more. So make sure you get on the hotline, everyone. Fill me in. Jake, it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. Thanks for the cross-promotion. Just with the uh, – give it a plug. What's the Magpies podcast called? Yeah, so you can look it up on Facebook or SoundCloud. So one-eyed magpies, but um, yeah, me and Pecky are looking to throw a few more uh, episodes out in the near future. But obviously, um, you know, the pies aren't doing too well, so I think we're going to be more focusing on the AFL as a whole and maybe transition into that area for the rest of the year. <laughs> what was it? What, what were the analytics like, Jake? I just want to know. You did you threw out two episodes. What what was your sort of listening? listener capacity your downloads yeah downloads. well no did nothing to brag about compared to the analytics <laughs> of this podcast but we got a hundred we got a hundred on the first week and one of them was joffa Korf. and then Ooh, the second week um, yeah because it was from fiji so that we could only assume it was him from fiji <laughs> and then um the next week i think we got uh, 160 or something so it was sort of creepy really? but where have you been posting these what do you mean? Oh, we put them on SoundCloud because um, we don't have the um, 
I don't know how you, how you guys put it on Spotify. I meant to ask that. Maybe we can discuss that after the show. <laughs> we'll take that one offline <laughs> we do a, a walkthrough. <laughs> but, but anyway, I I'm, I'm appreciate you guys getting me on today and I'm looking forward to hopefully Jake, getting oh, on again wait, soon. Wait, wait, wait. We didn't what? get you on, Jake. You demanded. <laughs> you messaged us. <laughs> you knocked the door down. You basically bulldozed your way into the... Yeah. No, it's, uh, it, no, it's, it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. Clearly what you're doing down at the women's program is working because they're just absolutely flying at the moment. And uh, Deeks and Rob, good luck to you both on the weekend. Jake, good luck to you in 2028 20, or whenever you next play a game. And uh, we'll see you all next week. Thanks, Catch man. up.